0: Welcome to Fill to Flourish with Luke and Lauren.
1: Where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters.
0: As many of you know, Luke and I live in Thailand where we work here as volunteers. The Fill to Flourish podcast is done in addition to our normal job roles here. If you have been encouraged by the content that we've produced, we would love you to consider a small monthly donation to the podcast so we can continue making the time and um, content that people are really enjoying and it's been an encouragement and blessing to so many. All you have to do is click on the link in the episode description and it's really easy to give there. Thank you so much for considering. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're so excited to have you. We are just so thankful as we've watched our listeners. um, Every episode we post, we can see how amazing our followership is and how consistent they are. It's like they're listening. Y'all are listening to every episode. It looks like it's incredible. And hopefully this little break we've had has given you some time to catch up on maybe some episodes you've missed that you wanted to check out. Uh, But we are back. We had a little hiatus. We've had a lot going on. Lots of things. Lots of good. Some not awesome. But we finally carved out some time to make some content today. And we're excited about our topic. We are. Yeah.
1: So today we're going to be talking about listening to our inner child.
0: It's an important part of us.
1: It is. And it may be maybe new verbiage or mm-hmm. new ideas, but it's very related to we, what we've been talking about. It's more language to understanding dysregulation. So the inner child is like the part of us that carries our deepest wounds and our unmet needs. Mm. So it's the part of us that carries our deepest wounds and unmet needs. Let that sink in a little bit. Mm. So it carries it and then it, wants to speak it
0: yeah, wants to be heard
1: It wants to be heard because that inner child is that ch- is you that didn't get those didn't have that voice and then wasn't heard and wasn't attuned to so when you get triggered or have that activated attachment, you don't act your best like your best self hmm. Maybe your spouse or even you feel like, oh man, you're acting like a child <laughs> and that may be Maybe true. Maybe they say
0: that too and start a big old fight. Yeah. We've never done that before. Absolutely not. Ever. But
1: as you've heard, you can imagine some other we do conflict people. perfectly.
0: <laughs> we have, well, I mean, basically all the 15 years, every fight we've had has just been smooth sailing.
1: Starting from day one. Yeah just kidding totally
0: (laughs) if you just are listening in we have had horrible challenges with conflict and it has been the hardest part of our marriage yeah but we are finding new ways and learning to really listen to each other's heart and this is such a huge part of each other's
1: heart and our inner child Yep. because when our inner child speaks it doesn't do it gracefully it doesn't do it clearly.
0: Or socially appropriately. Socially
1: appropriately, mm-hmm. maturely. Yeah. Because you're, that wound happened when you were a kid and you were never given the tools, resources, language to how to get that need met. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like sometimes a temper tantrum. Yeah. And it looks messy mm-hmm. and it's painful for you and it's hurtful to the people around you. And it's just filled with shame and contempt.
0: Yeah. And sometimes, I would say a lot of the times, it looks disproportionate to the actual offense in the present. Like we've talked about before with triggers. Yeah. This goes right along with that. You may see someone, I mean, even at like the grocery store or at the ball game or you see someone react to something and you're just like, I mean, in your judgmental space, which I struggle to not be in when I see people acting ridiculous, but it's like, what a jerk. Like, I can't even believe he just did that. That was, a, that was absurd. That was ridiculous. Or, and it may be true. The behavior was not okay. But when you see that over, um, like that disproportionate response, it, it is most likely there's a wounding there that goes really far back yeah. that has not been acknowledged addressed and healed
1: right most likely it hasn't been acknowledged because we're told not to acknowledge it right we were told to be convenient to suck it up to push it away yeah to forget your needs uh-huh. to um to not have a voice uh, i'm listening to a a training seminar on trauma and he calls it like denying your authentic self mm-hmm. and learning how to be your authentic self. Because your authentic self was a person that had a voice, had needs, and what has, was hurt, Yeah. but you adapt to relationship. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have this option. I can ha- speak my needs and not have relationship with my parents, or I can forget my needs and have relationship with my parents. A child's going to always choose relationship. So they're going to choose to quiet their voice, quiet their needs, and attune to their parents so that they can have relationship. Because it's a survival skill.
0: It is a survival skill. And I guess on the other s- side of that, not to intentionally contradict you, I was just thinking of some scenarios where sometimes a kid, depending on their attachment style, might choose to not have relationship. And they, they would avoid And they would pull away and that's maybe like the rebellious kid or the kid who's just like got his middle middle finger up to the world and to his parents. And um, that's not because he doesn't want relationship. That's because he, out of those two choices, uh, he, he just picked to check out. Would you say that's, that's right?
1: Uh, Could be. I also heard something recently that that's actually their way of getting the attention. Mm. So the other ways didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so actually Turning it up a notch to being behavioral is actually a way—the only method that they have found to create relationship, yeah—and get the attention that they need is be bigger.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Too. Which is
1: really also sad. It is. Those are hard as a parent hard to see. The yeah, pain you don't see it.
0: you don't see that as a bid for connection right. at all. You're just like but, they're a jerk.
1: Was it Karen Purvis I think said, Mm. there's a meaning behind every behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so hard to remember that, but those ones that are more behavioral are harder to deal with and acknowledge that there's actually, actually that's a bit for connection, Mm -hmm. but we do need to remember that for ourselves, but also for, as parents. Yeah. Cause a lot of times if we did have more behavioral issues, We were told that those were problems so we've learned that oh it was my fault right if I could have done something different or been a bit better followed the rules a lot of times we look at as adults like yeah I was a bad kid Mm -hmm. I see why my parents said those things yeah but that's not being honest with what you were trying to do why did you go to that extent to try to connect uh, create relationship or get attention if your parents were tuning to you and re- interacting with you,
0: you wouldn't have needed. You to. wouldn't have had to. Yeah. And I think something you've explained to me in the past that's been so helpful, this idea that children, it's so crazy. Sometimes you meet someone and you're like, they, they tell you their story and they had like a terrible upbringing. And yet they're the ones who carry the shame. Like they were clearly the victim in the situation. There was abuse or drugs or whatever, and they were clearly the innocent little kid, but the messages that they absorbed was that they were bad, they were shameful, they were wrong and they still carry those into adulthood. And so if you're looking at that objectively as an outsider, you're like, wow, there's some distortion of reality there, but that's what children do. That is what we all do. It, we can't see our parents, our, our guardians, the ones who are supposed to keep our world secure and safe as bad. And so we, one of the only options is to turn that pain inward And direct those arrows into ourselves and that's where shame driven behaviors like perfectionism and addictions and compulsions and even anxiety and depression can be um, because that has to go somewhere right and children rarely will see things accurately and actually put blame where blame is
1: due yeah so absolutely agree with that like the shame has to go somewhere and they just internalize it and that shame stays there in that inner child and quiets them mm-hmm. uh, and learns to adapt mm-hmm. so that they, one, they don't feel that shame and mm-hmm. two, they can find relationship. Right. That doesn't just switch off once you become an adult. Like, okay, now I'm going to have a voice. Yeah. Now I'm going to be authentic. Now I'm going to do relationship well.
0: Yeah. Nope. Not yeah. possible. Not
1: possible, the wiring in your brain's there for you to continue having shame when you have issues and turn to that issue, that misbehavior, that struggle, that frustration, that trigger with shame, because that's how you survived to have relationship. It's my fault, shame, you have to like cover it with shame so that you, with the idea that it will leave. Yeah. But all that does is continue traumatizing that that wound, yeah. that need, yeah. and your body holds it.
0: Right. And you continue to act out of that need that's still there because you're still human.
1: You still have that need. And
0: that, that becomes more and more dysfunctional yep. in your adult relationships. Those needs are not going to be sought out and met in healthy, adaptive ways. It's going to be maladaptive.
1: It's going to be maladaptive because that's the wiring.
0: Yeah. What does this look like? What can this look like when the inner child kind of comes out and there's been some wounds that have been touched on lack of safety what type of behaviors do you see in people in ourselves and in people um so when what, their inner child's
1: so what's that like temper tantrum yeah. kind of thing yeah what's it look like <laughs> the inner child trying to get his knees met um it's usually it's i mean it's protective mm-hmm. so it's deflecting um, responsibility, reflecting uh, shame, reflecting mm. uh, accusations, um, d- defensiveness, um, being overly sensitive or easily hurt. Yeah. Uh, being insecure with criticism, um, insecurity with abilities,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, withdrawn, so maybe avoidant. Mm hmm. Um,
0: Maybe like blaming the partner for something like unrelated or just needing or to put I would have blame. said that if yeah. you didn't do that, yeah, uh,
1: so yeah, like this thinking through our story mm-hmm. like an insecurity, looking back that was like that would have been my inner child a lot, yeah, and definitely it looked in many different ways, so maybe being sensitive to criticism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But also, feeling like I don't belong in any
0: mm.
1: environments, Wow. Uh, or having a hard time feeling like I belong. Yeah. So always feeling like I have nothing to offer. So like even in grad school, not feeling like I'm an equal to those people, yeah. to my my classmates. Yeah. Different jobs, not feeling like an equal. That's mm-hmm. my inner child. Inner child wondering, do I belong? Mm looking for the affirmation
0: and what did that little child what did little luke need to hear more of that he didn't that developed into that vulnerability of not feeling like he belonged as an adult
1: i think i needed i mean it's layered yeah (laughs) because there was like i could say i needed you to encourage me but i couldn't receive that Mm. because my inner child didn't know how to receive that Mm then like so much shame it it would deflect it would minimize Mm -hmm. it would be defensive so it couldn't receive even encouragement yeah like words of affirmation was was a huge thing for me yeah but i couldn't really receive those words of affirmation
0: yeah it's like it's like an insatiable need when when our inner child's wounded it's like you're pouring in cups and they're just kind of like a colander they're just going through yeah. like they need so much when we have these inner child wounds. You couldn't give me enough
1: to keep me filled. To fill,
0: to fill it up. Yeah. Make so, so what about, sorry, I don't, I, I think you missed what I was asking before that as a child, what did little mm. Luke need to hear so that that didn't develop into an inner child wound?
1: think the basics, attunement and seeing when I was hurt and affirming those needs being pursued and being celebrated mm. for who, who I was and what I had to offer mm-hmm. rather than feeling like I should be offering all of that. I don't okay. have that. So, that
0: just... so, so a child who's celebrated for what they bring and who they are feels belonging, feels that connection. They're part of something. Yeah. They don't feel like an outsider. So must be there was some of that. Outsider feeling for you. Sure. So then you went into these adult spaces and you're still like, I don't I don't fit here I'm not as good or I'm not as whatever as these people.
1: Yeah, that started shifting Once I started looking at my story. Yeah And started not started paying attention to my inner child And speak into it And reparenting my mm-hmm. inner child mm-hmm. and Seeing what they had, what it had to say, my inner child had to say, I didn't have this language at the time, but I would try to listen. But again, I'm listening to seminar and, um, by the speaker in this session was Gabor Mate, he's a world renowned speaker on trauma and he was quoting somebody else and the, the basic quote was don't push your pain away, Mm -hmm. but accept your pain, receive your pain because and you need to listen to your pain because your pain has a message and something to teach you yeah if you push your pain away you're gonna miss out on what your pain has to offer so be be friends with your pain it's not like make pain right but when pain comes up befriend it yeah understand it one 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 example kind of it's a parallel but in the book um, unwanted the author is talking about with your healthy sexuality we have when there's unhealthy sexuality we have two ways of looking at sexuality when it comes to our door and knocks we open the door and either shoot it hmm. and avoid it or we invite it in and indulge with it hmm. and he says what if you sat on the porch and talked about talked with it and got wow. to know it That's and understand so it and so it's kind of the same thing with your inner child or i mean with your pain We either avoid it and we shoot it when we see it and get rid of it or we bring it in and we sulk in it and bathe in it and get overwhelmed with it Mm
0: -hmm. and live out of the the dysfunction of it and then exactly yeah
1: but what if we went out on the porch and talked with it Hmm. got to know it know it what does it have to offer what is it what message is it bringing Uh, what lessons does it have to teach Wow that's
0: great imagery
1: yeah I really like that too Especially when we start seeing our pain as like a voice of our inner child,
0: mm.
1: we don't want to shoot it.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: We would never like, like as we would never want to do that intentionally to a to a child, like shut their pain down. Yeah, I mean, we do. We do
0: it, but not because we necessarily think it's the right thing to do. It's right. just
1: it's our own pain, reactive, and if we are able to see that pain as a voice of our of our own pain. Of our own experience and not detached from it yeah we can we can listen to it, yeah, we can have that compassion, we yeah. can have that curiosity, the same curiosity and compassion that as a kid, we were asking our parents to to have with yeah. us
0: that they were unable to at least to the extent we needed because of their own story and their their own dysregulation, they couldn't give what they didn't have
1: right which is why it's important for us to do this as parents. Cause if we can learn how to do that with ourselves and our inner child and validate that pain and see that there's meaning behind behavior, that yeah. there's a lesson to be learned. Yeah. We can also see that with our kids, that there's a lesson to be learned from our kids pain about our kids. Mm-hmm. So as we are befriending our pain, we have to turn to it have compassion curiosity but the thing that stops us from that is, is the shame that's wrapped up in it yes and that gets tricky because we were told that our experience was either shameful bad or not important so there's a lot of intentionality of when we even have that shame coming up we turn to that with compassion curiosity because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we have to be honest with our story We've mentioned that. We've talked about that. Yeah. Honesty is the only way to, to grieve our story and to heal from our, our, our wounds. If we have a behavior, a trigger, and we're acting like a kid, a child, and we're throwing a fit. If we turn to that with shame, we're just piling more pain onto that wound.
0: Yeah. And it might, we might stop the behavior right then, but guess what? Three it's days later, come when your wife says that thing or gives you that look, you're going to do the exact same thing yep. because it's gone nowhere. You've just shamed it quiet.
1: Cause what your body is actually saying is I need to find safety. Mm-hmm. Like a wound doesn't heal. Trauma only happens when there's a lack of safety and safety. It's never found. Yes. So if your inner child saying there's a wound here, there's trauma, I'm a throw a fit, you put more trauma and shame on it. It's you're not bringing that safety. Yeah. So instead of compassionate curiosity is what brings safety. Mm-hmm. That's what brings understanding. That's what, uh, that's what we re- rewires your brain mm-hmm. so that that wound is processed and dealt with. And that trigger becomes less mm-hmm. or even gone.
0: And ideally we receive this, we co, we, it, we receive co-regulation for our inner child with another safe person. Mm-hmm. That's actually how we can model, see it modeled. But the ultimate goal, like you mentioned earlier, is for us to learn how to do it ourselves mm. and to be the one who can reparent that that little Lauren or the little Luke inside of us. Because um, if you always need someone else to do that, you develop codependency. So it's a, it's a fine line too, yeah. because literally humans are made for connection and, and they're community. made for co-regulation. Yeah. It is completely intrinsic to our functioning and the way it's supposed to be. But the beauty of learning, of seeing that model for you and seeing someone sit with you when, you're, when your inner child has been hurt and you're crying or you're yelling or you're falling apart. Um, seeing someone sit with you with an open posture, compassion, kindness, curiosity, not perfect, but, but offering these things to you it It's like it lays this new foundation to where you can now begin to access that for yourself. And you can do that with your inner child at any time of day, anywhere you are, you can bring that attunement, curiosity, and compassion to yourself.
1: You put it so well, babe. And I would just add that. Add to that? Add to that. The, like. little bit of neuroscience and like physiologically what's happening in our bodies Mm -hmm. that describes what you're uh, um, explains what you're describing Uh, so one of the things is called mirror neurons so a mirror neuron is a neuron that fires both when an animal acts and when an animal observes the same action performed by another thus the neurons mirror the behavior of the others as though the observer were itself acting Wikipedia so that's just a quick Wikipedia definition so as you're describing sharing that with somebody and then co-regulating you when so say I'm sharing an experience of of my inner child yeah the, the voice that's that was wounded like you said something that hurt me so I'm I acted out of anger but now I'm saying okay like what you said hurt me
0: yeah
1: and this is what was happening inside of me when you said that I I felt this way if you're able to stay present with me and regulate yourself your limbic system is calming yourself your body down Mm -hmm. and putting you in parasympathetic which is regulated and my limbic system is noticing that and my mirror neurons are observing that in your body in your face which is then putting my body in parasympathetic so I'm activated because I was hurt and as I'm explaining it to you you are co-regulating my, your brain's Mm -hmm. actually co-regulating my brain through mirror neurons and through your limbic system regulating your body is regulating my body.
0: It's remarkable. And this is all on a very, very subconscious subconscious level.
1: level. But it's good to know and it's really, it helps me to know that to help me know where to acknowledge what my body's, what my body's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing with like inner child stuff, because it has a voice that wasn't verbalized, you have wounds there, Yeah. when we stuff that need, we become disconnected from our bodies. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody says something that hurts me and I get the message that that's not important, I can't just keep on feeling this hurt. I have to numb that hurt. Mm -hmm. I have to disconnect Mm -hmm. from that pain because that pain is what's stopping me from having relationship. Mm. So our bodies are constantly giving us messages of how to care for ourselves and how to regulate ourselves. But if we have trauma, we disconnect from that, that experience and those mm-hmm. messages. And part of that compassion curiosity is getting really in touch with what our body's telling us to do yes. and feel.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Like another example, uh, mentioned is like a two-year-old we call them the terrible twos they learn to say no and what do we do when a kid tells us no <laughs> we get mad at them and say, stop saying no but as a two-year-old they're actually trying to experience like trying to um, figure out where the boundaries are mm-hmm. how to use their voice when they should use their voice um, what it looks like to use their voice so eat your, di- eat your vegetables no and they get in trouble for telling them no what if we responded with like curiosity gentleness compassion we can't do that all the time
0: Uh, um or it looks different it looks
1: different i'm using a very basic example yeah but the idea is we have we want to encourage our kids to learn how to trust their gut Mm -hmm. because i don't want to eat my vegetables that's Mm -hmm. not that might be what they feel Mm -hmm. but they also have to learn that that's not healthy right just like shutting that message down is not healthy Giving in to every message is also not healthy. Right. And so, as parents, we need to regulate and help the child learn how to uh, develop, develop voice. That, that voice and that skill.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it's a skill that they're going to need the rest of their lives. Yeah. But going back to as a, adults, we need to, I, I find it very fascinating to know what the brain's doing and how it's responding to our body because that helps me map out what I'm experiencing, what my body's telling me what I need, um, where there's shame, where's, uh, a compassion, curiosity needs to go. Mm. But it's taken me a lot of time because it I've has. been disconnected from it. Right. I mean, with an addiction, I numbed it. Trying to be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I've numbed it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, not thinking that my needs matter, my voice matters. I've yeah. numbed it. Yeah. So I've become very disconnected from those messages in the last couple of years. I've learned how to start reconnecting Mm. uh, because our brain and body are very connected. Yeah, Um,
0: It's been so amazing to see you coming back home to your body, to watch that happen. Like, I love that verbiage of like, it's so great to see you coming back home because your body was intended to be your safe place. You were intended to have autonomy, power, choice, Ability to um, find safety when needed. And yet, when you've experienced childhood trauma, your body beca- betrays. Uh,
1: why would you, you betray say your that? body?
0: Yeah, your, your environment betrays your body. And so, the only way to cope oftentimes is to disconnect, disassociate. And so, to see you coming back into your body and your voice and knowing how to know where you are and bring awareness to it, and then the curiosity and compassion. It's incredible. And the cool part of doing this work is then you can do that for other people. So like in the past, I tend to get activated really easily. I don't shut down much. I go up and I, I get activated um, in dysregulation. I go you know, to hyper. the regulation scale. Yeah, I go hyper arousal. And so then I'm yelling or I'm upset and I'm bitey and I'm aggressive. And that would always, Every time, either shut you down or activate you as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But but in the last several years, it's like so much of the time now you can look at me and you see the scared little Lauren, you see the panicked little Lauren, and you can like so compassionately just come alongside me. And it's remarkable how quickly, at least for me, it like... I mean, my body can instantly find safety if someone does that for me. Mm -hmm. So someone I trust and it's genuine, it instantly soothes and brings regulation, but you would have never been able to do that. You couldn't do that before until you learned how to do that within your own body. And now you can do it for me, for our kids, for yourself. It's clearly a working process. It's
1: messy. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) It is messy. But it's just amazing to see us act out of our bodies from a place of health and the way we're designed to to live together in relationship as humans. Yeah. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back here. (laughs) Luke is patting himself on the back. You should have pride for that. It's amazing. I'm grateful for sure
1: for the journey that we've been on and the healing that's happened. Uh, And just how we continue to learn yeah um, through trainings and books yeah and At some point we needed to have somebody on to talk about polyvagal yes, so That's like we my do. New, new favorite it's
0: incredible yeah there's so, it's like these pieces just come together like puzzle I pieces. I keep on fitting yeah they really do I um I did some inner child work last year with a really incredible clinician And no, when you're married to a counselor, he doesn't provide your counseling. (laughs) I mean, I ask him questions and advice all the time, as he does for me, too, even though I'm not a counselor.
1: We talk about our emotional health together. all the
0: time. But I knew that I needed some specific help and some extra help that was objective, that wasn't emotionally involved like he was. And so I found this incredible... um, person who does a lot of inner child work. And um, it was the first time I had intentionally done inner child work, which oftentimes is, is you literally talking, listening, and talking to your inner child. And it sounds crazy and hokey and whatever, but it's not. It's incredible. And it's a way for you to love yourself better. And so I found in that experience doing that work that there was things in there that I have always felt, but so often we feel things and it's nebulous and unclear and our bodies hold it, but we just don't, we, it doesn't we don't take shape. It. We don't, it doesn't have form. We don't understand it. And yeah, we just stuff it and don't listen. So there were things that came out when I attuned to little Lauren that were just, um, there was so much pain there. And it was an amazing experience to be able to uh, listen to that. And then my counselor was able to be the model of that attuning ear and compassionate response so that then I could learn to do that. Um, It's not like it's that intentional, like, okay, I'm gonna do it and then you can. It's just, that was what he did in his practice and it became a template for me to know how to do that myself and some of the things some of the like affirmations that he would say um, after I had shared things were, were just things like uh, Lauren's heart nothing is is wrong with you Lauren's heart you're a good daughter Lauren's heart I'm so sorry you were blamed for pain um, that wasn't your fault Lauren's heart you're a good mom and you've worked so hard to help your kids. And just all of these affirmations and these truths that hearing someone else say has so much power, your brain is able to recognize them as truth and they can be incorporated into your reality and push against those lies, those lingering lies of shame that we have from our inner child wounds. And it was just an incredible experience, and um, I'm really thankful for it. And we've continued to talk about, like you've been able to use that as um, language and verbiage to understand. And it's true yeah. when you can see see your your heart as a child and see that you were trying your best and see that, you know, what you wanted was reasonable and to see that that passion and fire and personality and whatever was unique to you was your glory it wasn't to be suppressed it was never intended to be covered up it was intended to shine and that's really liberating for your heart yeah and your inner child
1: it absolutely is and what a brave journey um to go there and to be honest be vulnerable To love, love yourself the way you deserve to be and intended to be loved. Mm -hmm. It's it's courageous to attune to those wounds.
0: Yeah. I felt it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I remember having those talks afterwards. It was powerful.
0: You would like come and debrief. I would debrief with you every time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really, really thankful.
1: So... That is an intro to inner child just um, some language as you continue your journey of healing your journey of curiosity and compassion exploration understanding healing just listen for that that pain listen just for that inner child voice and befriend it get to know it understand it don't stuff it. Mm. Don't give in to lies that that pain's telling you. Mm -hmm. But understand the message and the need behind it.
0: And if you're wondering, well I don't even know how to hear it. I don't even have the slightest idea where to start. Start at your triggers. When you're triggered or activated, that's where you can start. (laughs) That will give you, if you take some time to just step away from it and journal, you will learn so much about your inner child wounds um, by starting to pay attention to the pattern of your triggers. Yep.
1: And looking at what was the need behind that trigger. What was I needing from my spouse, from Mm -hmm. that person? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And trying to be honest with that, it will open up the door, it'll crack open that door. You'll be amazed what comes after that.
0: Yeah. All right, it's been great chatting with you all today, and we'll see you next episode.
1: While it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment, please note that information shared is not intended to replace or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.